The back steps to our porch and kitchen door are wood, and the very first one you step on is loose, very loose. So loose that sometimes if you step on it or Nora runs down in a certain way, it literally pops off and flips, leaving a gaping hole with the nails sticking out. We keep putting the step back in place, lining up the nails in the wood frame, but it's obviously not a solution. So I tried wood glue, but it didn't hold. Then I got ambitious, and I tried wood filler, which I thought was clever. My grandfather Milton, after whom I'm named, had a hardware business. The handy gene, though, did not pass down. Now this all gets worse since these back stairs to the porch and kitchen door are our main stairs, since our kitchen door is our main door, in and out of the house. Our front door isn't really used since the house faces the curve of the street, so the driveway and everything else is around the side and the back. I'm terrified about this loose step. Someone is going to slip, or slip, fall, and then sue. The other day, the UPS guy felt it kick up, and I saw him out the window, so I came out. I was tempted to blame him, and maybe trick him into helping fix it, but I realized both that A, that is wrong, and B, it probably wouldn't work. This step is obsessing me. Brian and I walk up and down on it at least 20 times a day. When anyone comes by, I casually say something like, Oh, mind that first step, it's a little loose. As if it just became loose yesterday, not two months ago when we first noticed it. That would reveal that I just can't get it together and deal with it. You know, the loose step, though, is a symbol in a way. How there's always something to fix. Nothing is perfect. Some people know how to do things and do them. Some do not and fester. But I bet you, everyone, everywhere, regardless of how big their home is, or in which direction their house points, has a loose step. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 56. Moving somewhere new is hard. Moving to your first proper house is hard. Moving from the city to farmland. I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. One of the best things Brian and I did our first year, though, and this is when we were weekenders going back and forth, was to find someone to look after the house regularly. We advertised for it, and we found this great guy named Shiloh. I think I stunned him when I said I want to give you a retainer per month to stop by our house, to look after it, to find people to fix things. This worked out for over a year. I've just learned in life sometimes you need help. I know guys don't stop to ask for directions, but I do. I don't find it embarrassing at all. I grow from it. If I'm lucky, I can pay attention and learn something, like maybe change the water filter myself next time. So what Brian and I are left with is the endless hunt for the perfect handyman. We have a template for our hero too. Before COVID, we had Joe. Joe was great, ex-military. He would come by for three days a season and we'd prepare our big list. It was Operation House Care and he was an incredible force of nature and efficiency, ticking off each item with amazing military efficiency. Now we're on the hunt for a handyman again, of course. Everyone we know is. I thought we had a guy, actually, referred by a new friend I made on the train. Exchanging contacts and people to help you are the social currency of the Empire Service. I called the guy. He answered. He set up a time, and then he didn't show. Then he wanted to come when I wasn't home. Then, well, that's it. It just ended. That's how it goes. Or does it? I recently met Kimberly Dykeman, who moved away and then back to start an entire business of helping out other people. It's called Wingman. Kimberly and I talk about returning to the Hudson Valley, her favorite places, and the things people ask for help on. She also gives some pretty sage advice about managing your home if you're a newcomer and how not to ask the wrong person to do the wrong thing. Everyone needs a wingman.
Hi, Kimberly. Thanks for coming on. Hello. How are you doing today? Terrific. I'm so glad you're on City Then I'm so glad to meet you. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. I feel like we were supposed to meet. I think so too. I too. <laughs> what is your connection to the Hudson Valley? You're from here, right? I am. I am original Rhinebeck and I grew up like three and a half miles outside the village where you could, couldn't get cable. So we had to have this massive satellite dish in the backyard. I grew up here on sort of farm-ish land without animals and everything seemed bigger back then. And I visited hundreds of times over the years because I still have family up here. My sister and my dad is a snowbird and I have an aunt and uncle. Um, and then out of nowhere, left fields, I felt like I got pointed in the direction to come home. And it was actually one more week, it'll be four years, which I can't believe. So um, yeah, I've kind of felt a nudge to start over and that is what I did. And when you come back for the, for the long haul, everything seems so much smaller. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, I remember the first time um, I've driven by my, my childhood house, but I've never stopped and walked down the driveway and then knocked on the door and said, hi, I used to live here. Can I see your house? And the driveway was so much shorter because growing up, I was told, hey, Kimmy, go out and weed the driveway. And weeding the driveway, it looked like it was seven miles long. And going out to walk into the field, we planted, we were the Waltons. We planted 3,000 Christmas tree saplings by hand and watered them by hand. And walking out to that field, it looked like it was forever. And you were just hoping mom would come out with iced tea at some point in the summer. But it was like a hop, skip, and a jump. Everything seemed, and driving into town seemed like it took five seconds now, but back then it felt like a half an hour. It's just weird, but I guess you were tiny when you were a kid, so that was- Yeah, yeah, everything's bigger. But are there other comparisons you've noticed since you've come back, especially since you've lived so many other places? Oh, well, first of all, there's, it's, an, it's so odd to be back here for, for good, or for at least now. I went to Binghamton University for undergrad. I've crossed the country no less than 12 times, and I've always lived in major cities. And I actually started writing something the first year after I'd been back here, just some notes of how weird it was to come home and to be in a small town. So I'm in Rhinebeck and you know, Red Hook is a small town and all these other, we have this little constellation of towns make up the Hudson Valley. And I never realized how tiny it was until I've been in LA and Dallas and Austin and you know, Detroit. And so everything seems so much more, so much closer, so much more connected and everything has changed over the years. We've had obviously really large shifts, you know, 9-11 and 2007-8, and now with this pandemic. So with each major shift, something happens here. It's not just more people show up. It's, you know, the climate seemingly changes, um, different industries step in. And, and I think it's made this place a heck of a lot more diverse than it was in the 80s, you know? <laughs> So, so yeah, when I, when I got here, I felt 
so quickly connected that I was going to do something significant here. And I needed to pay back something to this amazing Hudson Valley that brought me up, that gave me great values, that made me want to learn about other people, that made me appreciate if I was the minority, you know, a, a white female from upstate New York sitting in a room and I've got people from all over the globe at different ages sitting next to me. I liked learning what was not the Hudson Valley when I left. Um, so I don't know, I did, there's just, there's this like little love affair that I, I've always had and the timing was right to come back. And what are you doing now that you're back? I took some time when I first got here because I know that I'm an entrepreneur wholeheartedly. So I went job hunting and it's so different when you're in a small town or small towns versus, you know, major city. Uh, I worked with a career coach and I worked in a restaurant and I realized there's, I have to make up what I'm going to do. And I always knew that people were coming and going to the Hudson Valley and a lot of people have a second house and some people are busy and they don't know what to do. And I love, I love helping people during times of stress and chaos. So working with a coach, I merged a lot of my experiences together. I used to do executive coaching for high-tech men. I did stress management. Um, I did startup advising. So all these situations where people are having to make a lot of decisions, they have a responsibility, they're going, 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 and they know how to delegate. And so I made up a business as a wingman and I help people who have a lot of things going on and they're willing to have a radar O'Reilly in their back pocket. That's what kinds of things do pe people need help with? <laughs> um, I mean, the list is pretty, pretty broad. Some, some of it is just a matter of not having time. So that, that could be wanting to entertain and they want to find a chef or they don't have time to take, you know, clean their, their 6,000 square foot house. So finding a house cleaner, but more so it seems that there's a learning curve that folks aren't so sure about when they, when they, a lot of my clients are new here. So they're taking on a home, they're taking on property. So land, they have to go through all four seasons living in a house that they're not familiar with. They don't really care about an HVAC system, but I find all the vendors to help take care of things. I find like landscapers and make it so everything's beautiful on the outside. And then I help with sometimes just like day-to-day -day stuff, making sure really important business papers get sent across the world and whatever art they ordered got here safely. And, um, you know, the holiday decorations get opened up and put out beautifully and the closet of gowns gets organized and made to be just perfectly spaced on their hangers, you know? So uh, it's pretty broad. It's pretty broad, but some of it's just so simple. What, what are things that people need that they don't know they need? And I don't mean the fancy people, I mean us, us regular folk. <laughs> um, I mean, if we're, if we're really talking about folks who are newer up here and you know, either it is a, another house or it's a new house or they've never had a house before. Some of the basics are take a, take a year and get to know what you're in and what you're on. Like the land that you're on, see how it changes. Uh, instead of going so quickly into renovating and moving and breaking things and 
move, you know, shoving things where maybe they don't need to go. Um, also really paying attention to the seasons. What I do with all clients is I actually write a, ha a house manual and I break things down seasonally because things are different in the winter than they are in the summer. You know, even just think of how you, how you dress, you're entirely different as a human being. A house is very different in the summer than in the winter. I think because a lot of my clients have a lot of vendors, it's always great because I do this, but it's always great to offer them something to drink or have thank you cards around and a little tip and some Krause's chocolates or something to, to let the people that are coming into your house know that they're appreciated. Also, it's good to have four wheel drive or all wheel drive because you're going to need it. Um, I found that out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like to spin in your car a little bit. It's scary. You know, I think right now, another thought is to really, um, you know, people are new. They want, they want to make things that their own. And to do that, you, you are asking other people to come in and, and help right now. People need to understand that we're on this like back end of the pandemic and people are really busy or overwhelmed or backed up. So not everything's going to happen in the timeline that you want. And so some of that is my responsibility to explain to people, um, like my clients, we're doing our, real, our very best. Let's focus on something else that can happen right now. So, so patience, four-wheel drive, you know, house manual, thank you notes. These are important things to... The other day you said something to me about asking the right people the right things. What did you mean by that? Well... Not, not everyone who wears a hat wears many hats. So if you have a house cleaner that's coming in or your landscaper, a lot of times they want to, they stay in their own zone. That is what they know, what, that's what they do fantastically. And they're not expecting to be asked to do something that is kind of out of their wheelhouse. So to ask your landscaper to go in your house and take a picture of something because you're not because you're in the city and, and oh I forgot what this is or to have your house cleaner serve as your nanny just for a quick afternoon that's to me that's a no-no because you you just put somebody in a situation that they're not used to uh, maybe it goes against their insurance that they've got and hopefully they are insured for what they're doing it makes it awkward and then it also it, sometimes when they won't say that they need to get paid more for that or they fit that made them feel awkward or they had to move something around. Um, you know, a lot of people in the service industry, we, we wanna serve, we wanna help, we wanna like bring peace of mind. And I'm speaking on so many of the vendors that I work with, they don't wanna just say, no, not doing that. So I try to explain to my clients, listen, let whatever Jane Doe or Joe is doing, let them stay in their lane, they're gonna do a great job. Don't put them in an awkward position. You don't have to put all these responsibilities on one person. It's okay to have a couple of vendors to do one little thing. I help manage that so you don't feel like you have 17 cooks in the kitchen. You have maybe 17 cooks that are doing the specific thing at the time that they need to. And maybe it's only once a month or once a year, but don't squish it all together. I'm the person that gets that squishes all the things together. <laughs> so I think that's good advice. What, what about you and, and the Hudson Valley? My brother-in-law has gotten me to ask every guest what their favorite secret or not so secret place to go, as if I'm going to make a map of the best places in the Hudson Valley. Where, where, what is your special place? 
my gosh. <laughs> I feel like I'm still re-exploring. And I say that because having grown up here, you're always the passenger in the car as a kid. And the times I've visited over the years, I've, I'm usually with family or seeing some friends and not just gallivanting. So right now I'm, I'm four years into gallivanting and I didn't know Beacon had, you know, blown glass things. And I didn't know that Newburgh was like this. So I'm still learning. I think Art Omai is amazing in Ghent, like outdoor massive sculptures, which are really eclectic and in the grounds are beautiful. Um, Nori Point, there's an environmental center, which is down from Mills Mansion that's right on the water and there's a picnic table there. So you can ride your bike down to there and just sit and it's really lovely and it's quiet and no one's no one else is there um i love going to greg's farm in red hook because they have baby goats i know they're so cute they have great food and there's trails and you can pick asparagus or whatever is in season and did i mention baby goats my god they're so cute so cute you can feed them um and they just do things right there in, so in Saugerties, there's a place called Love Bites that has amazing like breakfast or brunch food and really good coffee. And you can just sit there and it's just got a great name, Love Bites. I would also say Poets Walk, which is between Rambic and Red Hook. And it is an homage to Washington Irving because I heard that the president at the time rigged it so the train would come right down to the like on the water's edge so he could walk and get onto the train to go into the city that was like his little hookup that he had but that that area is beautiful to walk any time of year any time of year um and then i kind of dig art and antiques at the same time so there's a place called milne antiques in kingston it is run by a.a a. milne winnie the poos Ooh granddaughter named Rebecca Milne and they have it's in this massive warehouse it was where like the boats used to come in and dock to get repaired that was the industrial side of the community so Kingston and Saugerties that was really industrial Dutchess County was not was more uh, cerebral and businesses that sort of thing that shop is huge and it's beautiful and they have just great finds, like really great finds there. So we have a lot of listeners that are, are, are newcomers mm -hmm. um, to the Hudson Valley. So they set up and they're weekenders or they're full-timers. What do you think the newcomers need, need, need to know about, you know, not being a city yet? I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen it all. Uh, I was just okay. having this conversation with someone the other day. It was a brand new client, a client who just moved into an old client's house who scooped it up. And I had said that you're the new person at the party. So the onus is not on everyone else to come to you and ask you questions and get to know you. You're, you're the outsider for now and you will be invited in and, and loved on, but you be the one that's asking the questions and putting your hand out and, and seeing what you can offer or do or learning about people who are already here because everyone wants to, you know, to share their own little tidbit and they want to feel like they are interesting and this person is interested in me. So it, the table shouldn't be turned. It, it should be, the onus is on you to become part of this community. And part of that is because We've seen so many surges over the years of folks coming in from the city or other parts of the country and then just staying and then taking off and taking stuff with them, but not really contributing. And 
helping this area evolve and get more colorful. Now people are coming and staying and we want you here, but ask us, you know, ask us about our favorite things or what works here or, you know, what do people do on the weekends and how could I be of help? So I think that's, that's one thing. If you really want to meet folks and, and get to really understand the flavor, go where people go who are going to talk, go to the gym, go to a coffee shop, um, always go to a library because librarians know everybody and everything, you know, go to yard sales, have a yard sale. People, oh, it's, people still do that here. It's, it's really, I can't believe how many yard sales there are. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I've never seen so much. I would also say, I guess two other things. One is find a place that you like and keep going there and, and tip very well. Maybe go when it's not so busy. And then you, you kind of get received and trusted and you'll become like a regular and they'll make, you know, room for you. And so when you start bringing your friends, yeah, in, it's the best. Brian and I did that. We kept going back to the same restaurants on the same days and sat at the bar and became regulars. We made a lot of friends there. We also got to know the staff better and it was really cool. And then, you know, it just was a wonderful way to get to know a community and to be a part of one. And then I think the last thing I would say is, don't bring your fears with you and, and really get to know your neighbors because they're going to keep an eye out for you and vice versa. And, and you'll really want to stay here for a long time, hopefully. Thanks for listening to City at Kimberly and I were talking about the house manual that she helps her clients build over four seasons. So we thought we would offer a template of one up to City of listeners, a special gift. If you'd like it, Add your name and email to the City at mailing list off cityit.com and we'll send you a link to it when it's ready. Then you can build your own house manual yourself. Okay, now back to my last questions with Kimberly. Kimberly, you help people with a lot of different kinds of requests. What's a really unusual request you've gotten that might surprise us? <laughs> I have a pretty good little black book. But when I, I've had to go outside of that, I didn't know that I needed to find out how to get a helicopter on a small plot of land at a, you know, within three days. But I, I, it's like, there's, there's not six degrees of separation up here. It's like three degrees of separation. So <laughs> two phone calls to figure out and get that done. Um, you know, somebody said, I think I read an article about some kind of a mobile sauna. We'd like to rent that. So I had to, do the math to figure out how to get this mobile sauna onto a property. And <laughs> and that's actually turned into like multiple weeks, multiple years in a row. Uh, shipping an Alfa Romeo down to Florida. I've never shipped a car, like a high-end, very special year, blah, blah, blah. And wing that one. And it, it definitely worked out. And then just funny stuff that you think somebody knows how to, use a grill. Um, you know, I once had through a text, my client's wife asked me to come over and um, help her husband light the grill because he was afraid to, to do, to do that. She like thought it was dangerous. And I said in a text, you know, you just gave out your man, your husband's man card because no, no man wants to admit that he doesn't know how to turn on a grill. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified to do it. Brian does it. So I never, I never do, but I would do the same thing. I would totally call you for it. <laughs> I'm terrified of the propane. Oh, it's, it's, 
it's okay. It's it, it, it is okay. But I just thought he's a dude. Like, doesn't he? I know we're supposed to know stuff, but we don't. Right. I, I know that now. I just, that was kind of funny. They think if something, if there's a leak anywhere or a drip anywhere, that it's the whole house is going to fall apart. If there's a drip in the basement from a pipe, what is happening? I'm like, that's condensation. It's normal. <laughs> we're not going to flood. It's not going to wipe your house out. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. I don't laugh, but I have to like take it and realize if this were new to me, I would probably be nervous as well. So I, I love on them and I answer questions and I hopefully reduce their fears. <laughs> I try to think a couple steps ahead, if not 10 steps ahead. And I really grow to like the people that I'm working with and respect that they asked for help because that's a big deal to ask somebody for help. So you can just stay in your lane do what you got to do, take care of your family, do business, travel, whatever. And I get to take care of a few other things. So yeah, we all, we all need a wingman. There you go. There you go. And sometimes your best wingman is a woman. Look at that. <laughs> Agree. Thank you. We are meeting everyone in the Hudson Valley city. It's and there's now a Cityat mailing list that you can add your email to off cityat.com or through a link in the show notes. When it's ready, you'll get a link to the house manual from Wingman and Cityat, plus other show news, including the super not-so-secret song that's been in production with Spaces Studio. It's coming along really well and kind of hilarious. So add your email today to the Cityat mailing list off cityat.com. Read my Ask a Cityat advice column in the Red Hook Daily Catch and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But most of all, enjoy Thanksgiving and come visit. <laughs>